0: You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the
1: victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And today in the guest chair, I have with me Kelsey Chukoski. After experiencing second trimester infant loss and then cancer during pregnancy, Kelsey set out to use her experiences to help others. Working as a Christian grief coach, Kelsey's able to help people see the power in embracing grief instead of dismissing it. Let's welcome Kelsey to the podcast. Kelsey, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you here. It's really broach this this topic that we'll be talking about today but before we get into it I want you to tell me a fun fact about you that is not in your
0: bio. Hmm, Fun fact I could share that I grew up in a musical family so I started taking piano lessons when I was five and my mom had me take them all through high school so I like to play the piano. Oh,
1: I I love that. So my husband also grew up in a musical family and he's been playing the piano, I think, since he was four and he's still playing the piano and pipe organs. I think that's absolutely amazing. I don't myself have any musical talents. I like to say I sound like Beyonce when I sing. Other people disagree. So I'm just going (laughs) to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay, so we heard in your bio that you are a grief counselor and a relationship and grief counselor to be more specific.
0: How did you get into that role? Good question. So, just for clarification, I'm a certified grief coach and coaches and counselors are a little bit different, but I did certify to be a grief coach and I got into it honestly because I felt that. I needed to use my experiences to help others. And when I tried to think of the best way I could do that, I I kept thinking of grief as something I could, well, something I have learned from my experiences and could share and teach others. And so that's how I decided to move forward in using my experiences.
1: That's good. Yeah. Using our experiences, I I find is the way that God helps us to move forward in our purpose. So you, you touched on, you know, you wanted to use your experience. What was your experience with grief and how did you trust God through the process?
0: My experience with grief first, my first experience was when I lost our son in the second trimester. I went into preterm labor And so he was unexpectedly born early and that was my first significant loss and grief just really overwhelmed me. It was something I couldn't ignore, something I definitely had to put first in my life to navigate. And just a few months after that, I was diagnosed with cancer again during my second pregnancy. And I think having those really difficult experiences back to back showed me how grief can show up in different ways because losing a loved one we know comes with grief. And I think that's really common. But then I felt a lot of similar feelings going through cancer and chemo, like loss of experiences and loss of expectations and loss of relationships even as those changed through chemotherapy. But I realized that grief, Comes to all of us in different ways. And I think it was having those experiences so close together that taught me that. And then you asked how I relied on God through those. Was that the next question? Yes. Man, I think because it was so hard, (laughs) I felt like that was really my only option. It definitely wasn't easy because I had questions of my faith. Like, why is this happening to me? And did I do something to deserve these hardships? And I think what really changed in helping me turn to God was facing the really hard questions that I was feeling with my hardships. Like, do I believe that God is good, even when hard things are happening? And do I believe, that God has a plan for me, even if it doesn't look like what I wanted. And do I believe that his promises are shared, even if things feel really hard? And so like allowing myself to face those and really dig into what, what I believed when things were hard, that's what helped me turn to God through it all. Wow. Wow. You, you
1: definitely, I think hit the nail on the head. You said earlier that grief can show up in different ways and there are different areas in which you can grieve. And like you said, we tend to think of grief, we tend to think of losing a loved one, but you can grieve in different ways. I think I I remember hearing earlier this week, somebody talking about they were grieving the loss of their identity, even when going into motherhood. So there are different ways that we grieve and no one way is correct, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, which is very important. But what I love that you said is that although you had questions about your faith, you still had to face the hard truths. And I think that's something that we all at, when we're going through a tough times, there, we just have a lot of questions for God. And I think it's okay. And I think it, it's really beautiful to have a relationship with a God who could hear our cries, hear our fears, hear our tears, hear our questions, and still love us and still have mercy over us. When we have questions like, you know, why is this happening to me, God? And, and what is the purpose of all this? And I'm really upset that you've let this happen, but I still. In any event, will trust that you know what's best for me, even when I can't see it in the moment, and that takes a lot of strength.
0: Yeah, especially I found that it was easy for me to say things when I wasn't experiencing really hard trials, right? So Mm. then, in the moment, I'm like, "Do I believe what I said? I believe." And i I think it's important for all of us. It was really important for me to allow myself to ask that. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's important. And it is that something that you see when you're coaching that a lot of people have questions for God and, and you know, and how do you encourage them to, to broach that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think grief is one of those things that incorporates our faith, whether we realize it or not. And so I encourage people to let themselves ask the questions and be honest with where they're at. And some people find that their grief has brought them closer with no questions asked. They know they have to plead to God. And some people find that it's really hard and they have questions and they wonder if they believe what they used to. And I think both of those experiences are totally valid. Mm, I agree. I completely agree. So
1: once you, you know, you've asked God these questions and you remember really where your faith lies and you remember that he's a good God and you remember that, you know, he has plans, you know, for our good and not to harm us. What is the next step after that? How do you then move forward on a day-to-day basis in the healing process?
0: Mm, That's a good one. I think it comes in surrendering the outcome to him. Once we know that he's good, and when we trust that he has us in all circumstances, he is going to do what's best for us. If we really believe that, then we, then we surrender to him. I remember going through chemotherapy, I would get scans on occasion. They call them PET scans to see if the medicine's working. And I was so scared, one scan in particular. And I just kept telling myself, no matter the outcome, God is still good, and that is what got me through it. And I think that is kind of the answer. That's the next step, no matter the outcome. He's still good, and he's still got us. Mm. No matter
1: the outcome, God is still good. I think that's something that we can all adopt on a day-to-day basis, dealing with whatever hardships that life throws at us, whether it's something that causes to grieve, whether it's a really tough day at work, whether it's stress in your, your marriage or at home life, whatever the, no matter the outcome, God is still good. So once you accept, Kelsey, that, you know, God has got this, God is in control, how do you then find your joy
0: again? Hmm. I think that can be hard for some people with grieving. For many, there seems to be a guilt in, fi- in feeling joy again, because it's like, well, if I feel happy Am I forgetting that I lost that person? Or if I feel joy, am I forgetting that I just went through all those experiences? So it's really common to struggle with that. And so there's definitely need to give yourself permission and know that it's okay and that you can feel both of those things. You can feel joy and you can feel grief, you can feel happiness and you can feel sorrow all within the same moments. For me, I felt so much gratitude for being able to survive the cancer I went through that I felt like the only thing I really had to give to God in return was myself and my circumstances. And so that's something that's helped me knowing to say thank you or to show that I want to continue showing up like God showed up for me. It's okay for me to feel joy and do things that will bring me closer to him. Mm, Yeah. You, you said something there
1: that you should give yourself permission and it's okay to have multiple emotions at, what, at one time. So I just want to pause on the giving ourselves permission. Yeah. How can, for those who, who may be listening, who may be struggling with the concept like, Yes, I may say to myself, it's okay to feel this joy, but I still can't seem to let it go, can't seem to embrace that sort of permission. What advice do you have for them?
0: Mm, I would ask yourself, why? Why does it feel scary to embrace that joy? And what is it that we feel like we might be losing or leaving behind Mm. something but one way that might help in that is writing a letter. Like I know it might seem kind of silly, but you can write a letter to that emotion, like dear joy or dear happiness. I'm scared to feel you right now. And that can sometimes help us process like why we're feeling that and what is really deeper. That is such a great idea. I
1: know Personally, when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm just like, there are many thoughts running through my head, and I'm trying to, you know, release those negative thoughts or release any thoughts that are are really bothering me, I know what works best for me is I grab my journal and I write sort of a letter to God, a journal entry. And it's like, Dear God, this is what happened. This is what I'm feeling. These are the questions that I have. I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit. I need the comforter. I I need to feel love in this moment. Show me, direct me. And once I've actually said all of that, after I've written all those things down, I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me because I've been able to gather all my thoughts, write them down, And sort of just give it over to God. Yeah, writing can be a really powerful tool. I agree. And I feel like that would be what you would be doing. Purpose chasers who may feel hard to embrace a certain emotion, like Kelsey said, write a letter to that emotion, express yourself, get everything out. One thing about writing a letter or writing in your journal, it's really a no judgment zone, right? It's, it's a place where you can freely write and not have to hear anybody's opinions back, but you just get everything off your chest. So definitely take that into account. So Kelsey, I want to know, you talk about embracing grief instead of dismissing it. I do.
0: How do you embrace grief? So with grief, I think for a lot of us, there's a perception that it's a negative emotion, something we should get past or set aside in order to live the life we want to live. And I believe that instead, grief, after we've experienced it, becomes a part of us and we can learn how it has become a part of us, what it teaches us, and we can use those things to actually feel empowered instead of trying to push it away. Does that makes sense. It does make sense. And, and how do we let that
1: empower us? How do we let embracing our grief empower us?
0: I like to think of the things that grief has taught me. It's really clear to see, well, usually, I can think of the things that grief has taken from me, you know, the hardships, the the things it's robbed me of. But when I pause to think of also, what it's given me, like the perspective, the empathy, the connections, there are things that I wouldn't have without that grief as well. And so when I can pinpoint those, I recognize that it's a part of me that I, even though it's painful and hard, I don't want it to go away because of what I've gained from it. Mm, Wow.
1: That is, that is quite the way to look at it, to think of all the things that grief has given you. That's, that's amazing. Now, Kelsey, when you're working with people, when you're coaching people who are going through grief, what are some of the identifiers that you notice when a person has not embraced their grief but rather tried to dismiss it?
0: Hmm. It usually looks like using negative language around it, or we might say that we want things to go back to how they used to be, or we want to be who we used to be. Referring to things like before that happened is a sign that we just want it to go away, right? We want it to be shoved to the side like it didn't happen instead of moving forward how we can learn from it things like that.
1: Mm. Using negative language and trying to go back. So if a person is using that negative language, they are trying to go back to what things were like before they experienced their grief. How do we then move from dismissing the grief to actually facing it mm.
0: and then embracing it? Yeah, I think for some people it can be scary because that grief when we haven't when we haven't taken time to feel or to understand what it feels like, it can feel really intimidating. It feels powerful and scary. So I think something that was recommended to me when I was a new griever was setting an appointment with my grief. So I knew that I wouldn't have distractions and I could just feel it, and that's what I did at the beginning. And when I work with people one-on-one, I really try. This is the first thing we do together: is identifying where their grief is in their body and what it feels like. And that might sound strange, but it usually is somewhere within us. Like maybe it's in our stomach, like a pit in our stomach, or it's like like our our chest being really tight. But I've found that once we can identify where that is, it feels a lot less scary. And then we're able to work with it and understand what we need to do to take care of it instead of just pretending like it's not there. Mm, I
1: like that. You said set an appointment with your grief. And I think that's so important because it allows you time to actually sit there uninterrupted and feel all the feelings that come along with your grief you also said you know identify where grief is in our body and and that's a really poignant point because our body has muscle memory right we have our brains memory but our body actually has muscle memory and we can tense up in a certain way in the memory like you said of that grief. So finding out what your body is doing in response to that grief is a great way to start. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier, Kelsey, that you find that the person that you see who haven't dealt with their grief use a lot of negative language. What would be positive language to use towards your grief?
0: Well, that's a good question. So in comparison to some of the negative language, I would say, instead of, I want to be who I used to be before this grief entered my life, you could say, I want to learn who I am now. Now that grief is a part of my life. Instead of like, I need to learn how to get rid of these negative feelings. You could say, I need to learn what this grief is trying to teach me. Mm, those are really
1: powerful. I want to learn who I am now. I want to learn what this grief is trying to treat, um, teach me. Those are powerful and positive ways to look at grief. At what point should a person who feels like they've been struggling with grief, at what point or even at the in the beginnings of grief at what point should they seek the help help of a grief coach
0: i think if a person is finding that their grief is impacting their daily life in a way that's making it difficult to function that would be a great time to seek a grief coach also if they're having a hard time making sense of their experiences and want support in that mm-hmm. even just Not wanting to feel alone. Sometimes it can feel lonely. And so a coach can give that support and help their experiences feel seen. Yes, I love that. Help your
1: experiences feel seen. And I know as a grief coach, one of the things that you do is foster healthy grief conversations. What advice do you have for those people who are dealing with grief who? not yet at the point where they are going to approach a grief coach, but still need to have these healthy grief conversations with their family, their spouses, their boss, maybe. What advice do you have for them to, to broach that subject?
0: This can be kind of intimidating because people might, we all grieve in different ways, right? And so I think being able to identify with someone that you're experiencing grief is really powerful. And it's also very specific. You don't have to say a lot to say, I want to let you know that I'm experiencing grief. And then identify what your needs are. Maybe you need some space to yourself to really think about it. And maybe you need the opposite. You need people around you and people to talk to. And so deciding which one side you fall on I think even if you could just start with that, that's a great starter. Like I have been experiencing some grief in my life and I need people to talk to about it.
1: Those are really good tips with how to start fostering healthy grief conversations. And Kelsey, this has been an amazing conversation. And before I let you go today, I I wanna know what would you like the listeners, what is the number one takeaway that you have for those who are listening to takeaway about dealing with grief?
0: My number one would be that even though we all have different experiences, we all experience hard things. And so even though your situation won't look like other situations around you, It's really normal and it's okay to feel grief surrounding your hardships and it's okay to seek support because of that. Thank you
1: so much for that takeaway, Kelsey. This conversation has been really great and I know it will definitely impact those listeners who are dealing with grief or know somebody who is dealing with grief and may even need a grief coach. So for those listeners who have listened to you, this episode have said to themselves, you know what, I think I need to get into contact with Kelsey. Can you please share with us how we can contact, how we can connect with you on social media and also how we can work with you?
0: Yeah, the easiest way would probably be just a message on Instagram. My handle is my name at Kelsey Tchaikovsky. And You can message me through there and we can talk about if grief coaching is a good fit. For those who want to maybe try it, I offer free reflection sessions, which is where we take time to reflect on your grief experience and try to identify what it feels like in your body. And then I have my website also, which is KelseyChakoski.com.
1: Thank you so much, Kelsey. Purpose Chasers, I will put all of the links, everything that Kelsey just said into the show notes so that you can connect with her. Of course, let her know that you heard her on the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. Kelsey, this has been amazing, a great conversation. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
0: Thank you. All
1: right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you like from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan Slay Podcast. Or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire.